0: Hey everybody, just wanted to let you know that the book Provoked by Juan Galloway is now available for pre-order. Provoked tells you how to love people relentlessly and do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. You can pre-order the book today at newyorkcityrelief.org slash provoked. If you do pre-order today, we will email you chapter one of the book. Half the proceeds go to help our friends who are struggling with homelessness, so help us out and pre-order today. Once again, www.newyorkcityrelief.org
1: slash provoked. Thanks. In a world that needs something to read, that will lead them into bold new horizons, a new book emerges, Provoked, Provoked. How to Love People Relentlessly, Doing Beautiful Works That Make You and Others Come Alive by Juan Galloway. It's a book so daring that it demands to have its own podcast. Hosted by Juan Galloway, President and CEO, and Alec Goebel, Outreach Leader of New York City Relief. A mobile outreach to people experiencing homelessness. Turn up the volume, open your mind, and prepare to be (laughs) provoked. All right, we're back with chapter one, uh, which is episode Hello two. Again. <laughs> we're back. Alec, come on. Uh, we're going gonna to tackle the first chapter titled Provoked to Love. And before we dive in, uh, I wanted to uh, describe where we're at. You and me mm. are in my barn behind my house. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a cool space.
0: All the cows and the horses. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, my barn has nothing in it but guitars <laughs> and drums and a shrine to Tom Petty. Not really. Not your traditional <laughs> barn. No, no. It's finished. It's more like a man cave, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're sitting on an orange vinyl sofa. It's
0: a great place to hang out. It
1: really is. It's, it's yeah. my little dream. My little Shangri-La in New Jersey, if there can be such a thing. Uh, <laughs> so it's great to be here hanging out with my Apparently buddy, one came. of my best friends in the whole world, Alec Goebel. And we're, we're tackling you, my Lauren. book titled Provoked, How to Love... People relentlessly and do beautiful works that make you and others come alive. And of course, chapter one dives into the heart of it: provoke to love. And that's what that verse it's based off uh, in Hebrews ten twenty four. It says, uh, "Be provoked, be provoked to love and good works." Right. So we're going to tackle love. And mm-hmm. you know, you and me, Alec, we work with people struggling with homelessness and who have nobody else and uh, who are very isolated in New York City, a city of, in the metro area, 20 million people, and yet they're all alone. And so you and I get to, you more than me, because you're an outreach leader in New York City Relief, you're out on the front lines every week. I'm the president of New York City Relief, so I hold down the desk and uh, the computer and the phone. <laughs> and uh, actually, I'm more like running all over the place. It's more like it. I'm in New Jersey. I'm in New York meeting with partners and churches and speaking yeah. and, you know, getting the troops to come out and volunteer. And We have thousands of volunteers yes. every year. And you um, seem
0: super busy to me.
1: So, <laughs> well, I like it. <laughs> I like being, you know, I don't, yeah, I like to stay busy. You're not too busy, but, but I do yeah. like to get around and do different things. But one of the things we get to do on the streets is just love people. That's it's right. so simple, yeah. you know, and it's people who maybe nobody else. It's so powerful. It's powerful, yeah. right? Because these people are desperate for love. Maybe they're even dying for love, right? Yeah, and I describe in my, the first chapter, the oh. first chapter, some people I met who struggle with mental illness and mm-hmm. learning disabilities and stuff like that. And, and how much it's changed my life, and it's taught me, like, about the nature of God. As I've loved them, I've, I've felt God loving me, you know, and you, you've met a lot of yeah. people like that, right, struggling like that?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I a mean, mental illness is extremely prevalent in those who are on the streets. Um, it comes, you know, it, it's at varying levels, yeah. uh, depending on the individual, um, but it's, it's, a, it's quite a burden, I think. It's one of the things...
1: Yeah. And it's not that everybody who is experiencing homelessness is mentally ill because, you know, that's definitely not true at all. shouldn't be a stigma. Right. It's not. But, but those who are, they need people to show up who think they're worth something. Yes. and and, You know what I mean? And that's what we get to do. And that's one of the reasons I love my job, right? It's like, you know, we get to show the love of God to people who maybe they're not getting it anywhere else. I don't know. Right. Who have you met on the streets? Maybe that has just impacted you.
0: Yeah. There's been, um. I mean the stories are numerous. Um you know when you're talking about um mental illness. Um you know this is this is this is one that weighs heavy on my heart uh because it's it's uh it seems and and you write a little bit about this too. You're mm-hmm. in fact just to just to go back a little bit um I love the stories that you're sharing in chapter one mm. and uh, you're, you're talking about individuals that you've met in these circumstances and that made me think too about uh, one of, one of um, my most recent encounters with uh, a woman who is experiencing mental illness on the streets and she's not the only one um, like I said there's numerous stories but more recently I had a conversation with her and just listened I mean, is one of the the best things you can do uh, for someone who is in that that situation because um how did you say it you, you you just said it like something about like being starved for love, but you had a different way of saying it, you know, like dying for love yeah. I think is that what you said yeah, yeah yeah that's that's a great way to say it, and I think that's what's going on. Um, with a lot of people, but especially those who are mentally ill because people just don't want anything to do with them People want to stay away. People don't know how to or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it is it's scary, you know, and people don't don't know to, uh They don't know how to handle that. And so they don't want to take the risk now when I say it's scary I mean, let me let me go back and, and say I'm not trying to say that people That are experiencing that are scary in fact um, Statistically speaking uh, really the people that are on the streets experiencing mental illness are some of the least dangerous people that you can encounter. But a lot of the times you'll see them doing things like talking out loud to themselves, sometimes shouting, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of like they're two different people carrying on one conversation and the conversation gets heated, you know. And, and so you see these kinds of things and it's intimidating uh, to those of us who realize that this individual is suffering some kind of a break from reality, you know. Yeah. And so, um, I did recently speak with a woman who was like that and all I could really do was listen as she talked about her life. A lot of what she said did not make sense. Mm -hmm. And, um, you also touch on this a little bit in, in the first chapter and this question comes up for me, you know, and, uh, this is sort of just the natural way that my mind will start to process this where I begin to wonder, you know, is, is, am I doing any good here? Um, do they understand me? Uh, did I make a difference in their life and those are actually your words yeah. that you used in, in telling a similar story but I can relate to that I've had the same, the same doubts you know like are we making a difference out there? Um, but to look back on the collection of my experiences I would say yes so in fact this this very woman who I was I was speaking with, um, like I said, all I could really do was listen. So she talked, she talked about a lot of things, not everything she said was appropriate. It was not really, this did not have the trappings of a pleasant conversation. Right. But one of the things that, that I found intriguing, she was determined to get me copies of, of her life story that she had written out. And I didn't think she would come back, but she said, I'm going to go make copies. I, it turns out I don't have any, but I really want you to know, like, what's happened with me. And so she disappeared for about 45 minutes. But as she said, she came back and she brought me these, these papers with Mm -hmm. photographs, like, you know, these copies, she had written all these things out and then she'd written like footnotes to the side of the photographs. And, um, I want to say it was three or four pages like stapled together, you know, and I began to look over this and you begin to realize like just something about, you can't really pinpoint exactly, but you can realize reading between the lines, so to speak, what, you know, a little something about like the trauma that she's been through and um, even the resulting uh, broken relationships. You can see some of the things that she's been through in her life. Uh, What she had written down, I I was actually impressed with it because of her state, Mm. you know, and, and the way that she was exhibiting mental illness. I was pretty impressed that she had written all this down, made footnotes. She had photographs in there, but in reading it, not a lot of it was coherent. But it was still very telling, yeah. you know. And when I look back on it, to answer that question, are we making a difference? Absolutely, the answer is yes. And one of the things that, if if uh, if you step back a little bit um, from the scenario, one of the things that tells you, or that is an indicator of that, is that she continues to come by our outreach, and so. She may not seem as though she, she functions normally, and yet she knows when we're going to be there. She shows up. She even went to one of our other buses in the Bronx. I encountered her in Midtown Manhattan. That's
1: a long way. And away. if you know
0: anything, yeah. yeah, exactly. By New York City, that's a long ways away. You know, so there's a reason. There's a reason hmm. that she's coming to our outreaches, right. and it's because we're, you know, we're able to take time with her. Yeah. Uh, we're showing her that we care. and And
1: it's a safe place
0: it's a safe place exactly and people need that they are starved for it like you said dying for love and so um i just think that it's one of the amazing things uh that god is doing and we don't know exactly we know that god can deal with this situation but nothing's going to happen if we're not stepping out and showing up right
1: yeah and i think we're so results oriented and performance oriented exactly it's like we want to just turn this situation around and make the person better and of course, that's, that's, yeah. that's good intention and good motivation, yeah. but the fact is they need to be loved just the way they are with no strings attached. Exactly. And that's what opens the door actually to healing and restoration. I was actually on the subway, um, I think about a week ago, two weeks ago, and there was a woman who was on the subway car and she's very mentally ill and talking loud, and incoherently. And she looked, you know, a wreck and there's 30 people on the subway car. No one was talking to her cause you know, maybe they were intimidated. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to talk to her. And so I moved over and sat down to her and I said, Hey, how you doing? And she started talking to me like <clears throat> coherently, like a normal person. Like she was like a switch flip. Mm-hmm. And I gave her a connection card, which shows all the locations that our outreaches are at in New York city. And I said, why don't you come by, have some soup, you know, maybe we can help. She goes, Oh, okay. You know, thank you. You know? And then, and then a little while later she started talking to herself again, but it's like for that moment of time, it's like love broke through. You right. know, and I was like, "Yeah, there's a person in there, and they matter." You know what I mean? That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's sister. Right. And they would, you know, it's like if it was my daughter, my sister, something, you know, that was homeless and 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 experiencing mental illness. I would want something to care for them. I would want someone to look out for them and help them. That's yeah. what Jesus did for us. He That's came right. down here in the middle of our messy, foolish, out of control lives and, yeah. and said, "I want you." You know, I'm right. here for you.
0: And he showed that, you know, by spending time with people. And right. it, it also strikes me that that you know, like you said, we're very results oriented, but it really isn't so much about us seeing the gratification that comes from from our actions. It's it's really about the community, about spending time. So, like you said about Jesus, he spent time with people. You well, know,
1: I'm glad you said community. You know, I think that's that's a powerful part of love that I don't think maybe everybody grasps because we usually are born into community Mm of family. That's more
0: process, right? School. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, we, you know, we go to work that becomes our community, our hangout. Um, but then there are these people, they, they're, they're desperate for community. Right. They're hungry for it. Um, it keeps them alive. It's one of the basic things that makes you human is you live in community, but what if you don't have it?
0: Well, I firmly
1: believe disjointed.
0: Exactly. And that process, the process of community can facilitate healing you yes. know because because love love has a place to grow in community you know mm-hmm. and that transforms that changes that heals that sets people free so awesome. huge part of what we're doing you know and yeah. you touch on this that's what we
1: offer community and you I, do touch on this I, in and that's in chapter. a chapter actually yeah. provoked to do community or whatever so check out this quote from chapter one one of my favorite authors of all time jean vanier this yeah. guy is my hero. <laughs> he wrote, uh, so he started a, uh, a whole basically chain of homes for people who struggle with mental disability. He started with one and now there's like 140 something all over the world. And so he wrote a lot of books of which I love. And one of them was brokenness from brokenness to community. And I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. It. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what he wrote. Here's just part of the quote to be in communion means to be with someone and to to discover that we actually belong together. Communion means accepting people just as they are with all their limits and inner pain, but also with their gifts and their beauty and their capacity to grow. To see the beauty inside all of the pain. To love someone is not first of all to do things for them, but to reveal to them their beauty and value that's already there, to say to them through our Mm -hmm. attitude, you are beautiful. You are important. I trust you. You can trust yourself. We we all know well that we can do things for others and in the process crush them, making them mm-hmm. feel that they're incapable of doing things for themselves. To love someone is to reveal to them their capacities for life, the light that is shining in them. Man, that is I just love packed that. full, right? Yeah, that is
0: <laughs> To reveal to them their capacities for life Um and, you know, one of the things going back a little bit in this chapter um, mm-hmm. is you talked about, you know, in, in one of the stories that, that you recounted of spending time on the streets with a man who was experiencing mental illness, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that you had, you had uh, stated was that I was enjoying him. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a realization that you came to after spending time, uh, essentially spending time in community with him, right? Yeah, And you said, you know, this this to me is completely reminiscent of of how God views us. You know, He enjoys us. It's Mm -hmm. like even with all of our flaws and our shortcomings, even with whatever is wrong with us or even despite whatever we have done wrong, you know, He loves us. God is love, and He enjoys us, you know? And and so we're created for so much more. But it's amazing. Mm -hmm. You you know, that's something that... um, i really believe that that is revealed to us in the heart of christ or or you know revealed to us by the holy spirit as the heart of christ is to enjoy somebody like it's not just about the results you know it's not just about seeing you know some like massive change like in the moment that might happen right but it's about, it's about enjoying them. Like, this is the heart of the Lord for us, and this is the heart of the Lord for our friends on yeah, the streets. That's powerful. It's like, it doesn't matter. They're, they're impoverished trappings, right? Yeah, yeah. The Lord enjoys them. And, and, and that's
1: what I experienced that day. And by the yeah. way, you know, I, I'm not an outgoing person. I'm not an extrovert. Like, oh, I just want to go chat with everybody. <laughs> Likewise. I'm the exact opposite. But that day, as I talked to this guy, his name is Bob. I just felt the heart of God like all over me and I was like wow I just felt like my soul was getting filled with something that was not me it was God and I was like wow and I just really did enjoy this man and it was just hard to describe but I saw beauty and it changed me you know and it made me I could feel myself becoming the person I always wanted to be which was just a person that loves unconditionally
0: right and and you know, that's a key point is it's not just how is the individual that you're encountering on the streets being transformed. How are you being transformed? Yeah. You know, and you went on to say, and this is this is a statement that stood out to me as well. You said it felt like a privilege to be a part of his life and be a part of God's beautiful plan to love the unlovely. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an incredible statement. Love the unlovely. Yeah. Isn't that so true of, of the nature of Christ? You know. And what he did for us, totally. you know, when you think about all that he's done for us, loving the unlovely. Mm. And so it makes sense, you know, that he has commissioned us to do the same, right? We get out there and love the unlovely, but not only are they encountering the love of Christ in that, but we're encountering the person of Christ in them.
1: Yeah, I, you know, actually, this makes me think of your story. Um, because, you know, when I met you uh, in, in Bible college... Um, I didn't know you, I didn't know your background. It's
0: quite unlovely. I
1: didn't find out for many years, you know, what you had gone through and everything like that. But it was kind of like, wow, a pretty graphic tale of your family and brokenness. And, um, you know, you were in Arizona, okay, growing up and doing terrible in school and yeah. you're a punk skater and rebel and doing terrible right in school. Then your mom and yeah. dad broke up, you moved, yeah. you ended up going with your mom to this little town in, um, where was
0: it? Yeah. In Mississippi, in Mississippi yeah. of
1: all places. Okay. Yeah. Cause, I'm sure Mississippi's great, but if you're not from Mississippi, you're like a fish out of water. Yeah. You're in a little tiny town where the only thing there was culture. a chicken processing factory. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, wow. Okay. I can kind of paint yeah. a picture, right? The image of this is the, there's nothing else there. Right. Yeah. And you and your mom and your sister ended up, you know, you had a place to stay, but you ended up without a place to stay, no right. place to live. And here you were a kid, just a kid. And you're living in this kind of empty office building where you had to sneak out so that nobody knew yeah, you were sneak kind of, out, sneak back you know, in. camping there, right, right? Right. And so, anyway, that was that. That was like, wow, that's crazy. But then, God intervened in your whole story and in in your a whole powerful, future.
0: Powerful way.
1: Everything was changed.
0: Totally changed the course of my life because
1: this woman, yeah, who you didn't even know. Asked you a question because she loved you. She cared about you. She, right. she was digging in. What do you want to do, Alec? And you're like, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> you, <laughs> I mean, you knew somebody who said they wanted to go to Christ for the Nations. That's right. And you said, I think I'd like to go to Christ for the Nations Bible yeah. Institute.
0: <laughs> and to this day, I have no idea how that popped into my head. I really don't think that I was, it, I don't think that was a premeditated thing.
1: No, no. Right. And, and then off the cuff, the crazy thing was. That woman, she was used by God to say, I'm going to help you.
0: That's right, that's right.
1: I'm going to pay your way, buy you clothes, pay for your books, everything. She was incredibly generous. She was your scholarship, Yeah. and she didn't even know you. But she changed her life forever, and look what you're doing now. Look what you're doing now. For people on the streets who have nobody that story blows my mind man.
0: it still blows my mind even today and um you know i i feel really incredibly indebted to this woman who was very generous Mm. Um, but it's but it's amazing to think about like you said you know um what happens It, it when i think about it and i do i periodically i kind of revisit that um, because it's it's part of my life story, you know. Yeah. And I think about all the amazing things that God has done for me and how, you know, and, and it really it really reemphasizes me. I, I guess I could say that's that provokes me, right? Mm. It provokes me to get out there and love. It provokes me to get out of my comfort zone because kind of like you said, you know, by nature, I'm not an extrovert. I'm more of an introvert. And I could be very much at home just sitting around you know entertaining myself with netflix and some xbox you know and whatever (laughs) you know and just PS4 for me yeah ps4 (laughs) for you and uh you know it that would be so easy to just kind of fall into and just sort of maintain that pattern um and just go to work and um you know it was i i really in my life i take it as as this is how much god cares that Mm -hmm. he actually shook me out of that out of that comfort zone and got me to the streets of New Jersey and New York City.
1: Well, I feel like it, to do this, it activated something in you. It was, I think, actually God created you to be this way. But yet, yeah. along the journey, these gifts were activated. I mean, I've literally been with you, having a discussion on the sidewalk at an outreach with maybe a hundred people surrounding us, and we're feeding people, we're praying for people, like all these volunteers. Everything's happening in the in in, uh, in, in a busy New York street, and there's a man halfway down the block he's sitting on the ground and he's kind of inebriated maybe he's just exhausted i don't know and he starts sliding down the wall like his head is his whole you know he's sitting on the ground but he's sliding down and i saw you break free of the conversation with me the boss <laughs> and 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 say excuse me and you ran off and you caught him and you set him down and you put um like a blanket or you folded something up and put it under his head you know yeah
0: i do remember that yeah and
1: you have the gift of compassion to where you place yourself in their shoes. And you imagine like, whoa, what if it was me? Like you feel what they're going through. And that is love. That is compassion. You, you feel their pain. You, you try to imagine, you don't even try. You imagine what they're going through and you have to act. You're provoked to act. Yeah. And that's what this whole book is about. And I just see you living it out every day. When people talk to you, on the streets anybody really not even just people in the streets but you have this way of making them feel like you're taking in every word they say you're measuring it you're weighing it you're understanding it that's that's love you know what i mean
0: <laughs> yeah and um i guess i'm amazed by it myself you know to hear you talk about it because that's not entirely like in step with my own self-perception mm. it literally it, but i'm okay with that I, you know it it literally is just something that, that God is able to do. Right. And this is how I look at it. I look at it as, you know what, every day, each day is a day just to say yes to the Lord. Right. And it happens because I say yes to the Lord. And it's like you said, the gifts are activated. And I think that's something for all of us to, to um, kind of take stock of in our lives. You know, um, We might not even know what these gifts are, but we might not know if we don't just kind of step out and say yes you know and don't worry about all the logistics and the details and everything else that goes with it you know there's going to be an opportunity and it might it might seem small but it's it's going to be an opportunity where you have a chance to say yes or no and this is an opportunity that god is putting in front of you and when you say yes He's going to activate some amazing things in you.
1: Yeah, things happen that you're like, "Wow, did I just do that?" Right. And and I see that, and I don't want to give you a fat head. There's a lot of people on our staff who I think have these amazing gifts of compassion, yeah. far beyond me, absolutely. And yeah. and and they inspire me. They all of you guys, especially in the outreach, you inspire me, um, and make me want to love more. You mm-hmm. know. And um,
0: again, provoking, right? Yeah. Second John. Amazing. <laughs> Second
1: John one six says this, and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands as you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. So God is provoking us to love. He's commanding yeah. us. And he's like, this is what it's all about. You can get everything else wrong, right? You, you can be a big nerd, you can you can you can blow your career. You can fail your classes. But you know what? If you love, you got it, man. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if you love well, you are a success. That's the definition, I think, of of what the Bible would say is success. Um, in the end, love is all that matters. Right. That's how we're measured in the end.
0: Isn't that something? And you know what's funny about that verse that you just read too? I <clears throat> I made a little note on that, and I I just. My note was simple. My note was intriguing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it, it's because of how it's worded. And this is love that we walk in obedience to His commands. So it's almost as though telling us, like, okay, um, here you go. This is this is love, obeying Jesus, right? Yeah. You know, obeying God. And then it goes on to say, as you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. So it's kind of funny that love is to obey his commands, but the command is to walk in love. So isn't that kind of circular in a way?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's totally
0: love is to obey the command, but the command is to love. Yeah. It's all about love. Just like you said, Yeah, you know, in the end, that's, that's how we're measured.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I put a definition, which I made up of love in my book in chapter one, I put, I describe love as my capacity to connect with others at a significant level affirming their unique value. Yes. It's like, so in other words, love, it's its not the same for everybody. You know, it's like, how everybody has their quote, love language. Did you ever read that book? The five love languages?
0: Yes, at some point. Well, I didn't, yeah. but it
1: sounds great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense to me, just the concept. like oh, I yeah. think I took a class. I need to that. be loved yeah. in certain ways, but my wife needs to be loved in different ways. So right. I have to get creative when I love. I have to, And this is how I lead my life, honestly. I pray over everything that's important to me, all the relationships, my wife, my kids, my job, my coworkers, my friends. I'm like, God, how do I, I try to pray this prayer. How do I love them well? Show me something Mm. specific that I would not normally do, a creative thing, so that I can get close and intimate with this person I care so much about. And then I've done those things, and guess what? They totally worked. Yeah. My marriage is amazing. It's 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 phenomenal. It always hasn't always been, but it is now because of those prayers. God has answered and showed me the keys to Tracy's heart, or the wow. keys to my son's heart or my daughter's hearts. You know, and life is awesome. You know, not without challenges, but the things that really matter, they're good. You know, because the Lord, it's like love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah, as messed up as you and I, I you are. He loves us.
0: That's right. Amazing. That's and right. and
1: now we can love others as messed up as they are. And we can bring healing and life and freedom. And it's all about love. And so God, that's the number one thing he's provoking us to do. And that's what Hebrews 10, 24 says he's provoking us to love. And I put, you know, in the subtitle love relentlessly. Yeah. It's like, nothing will stop this love. This is the God love. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's so right. It's like you can act bad. In fact, I remember once Johanna, um, I can't say her name. Oh, yeah. It's Finnish. Puirava. Rava. Pui Rava. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think Sarayana. she would be proud of me that I pronounced so, that correctly. One of my favorite Finnish people. She used to work on the relief bus and be an outreach leader. And there was this woman named... Um,
0: Nadia. No?
1: Not Nadia. Close. <laughs> oh, it's killing me. I was just Facebook mess- messaging her. Well... Okay, now now I'm like feeling like I have to look it up. That's okay. I'll just that's edit. right. This is I'm important. gonna edit this part.
0: <clears throat> I want to tell a little something while you do that. So, unless of course you can edit this part out.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Delia. Her name was Delia.
0: Delia. So
1: this woman named Delia. She was experiencing homelessness, addiction, prostitution. Yeah. I mean, she has her, a
0: testimony video, right? Yeah, it's a powerful testimony.
1: Find... And so she she asked Johanna for help and Johanna gave her some help, but it was something that she couldn't do every time, like maybe she gave her a metro card or something, I don't know. But she told her, "I can't give this to you in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm just not able." And so Delia came back and cursed her out and told her how terrible she was and called her bad words. But because of Johanna's love, relentless love in that situation and treating her like, I'm sorry, but you know, that's just the way it is. And, but she didn't Mm. get angry and curse her back out or yell at her. Delia came back the next week and she apologized and she, Mm. her conscience, she was just like, I'm so sorry. You were so nice to me and I was terrible. And that was the turning point where Johanna helped uh, Delia to get off the streets and turn her life around. And it was because that relentless love, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah.
0: It'd be so easy to let that, that kind of an experience kind of shake you up, and even to, to kind of mirror, you know.
1: Yeah, it it, um, it provokes you in a bad way, right? right but right. Jesus says, no, 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 get provoked in a good way.
0: To love, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's actually that's kind of awesome to think about. You know, even when you're provoked negatively that way, yeah. you know, can you love? In Overcome that circumstance? evil with good, right? Overcome right. Evil love your with enemy, good. right? Yeah.
1: Bless those who curse you,
0: right? I mean, because we feel entitled. You know, we feel entitled to to get back into somebody's face when they're getting up in our face, you know, and that's not true. Like we're not actually entitled because that's not what our Lord told us we can do, Yeah, you know, and it's amazing, but he knows better than we do, you know, and that story is evidence of that, right? Like that breaks down walls. Like sometimes that's the final push that somebody needs to really get to the freedom that the Lord has for them. Totally. Amazing
1: totally so I feel provoked do you feel provoked
0: I feel provoked
1: (laughs) good success even if (laughs) even if just we are provoked Uh, hopefully all you listeners out there listening to the podcast are feeling provoked too Um, this has been chapter one of the book uh, Provoked to Love and the, the title of the book is Provoked How to Love People Relentlessly and Do Beautiful Works That Make You and Others Come Alive and the book is available it will be available in 2019 on Amazon And so, uh, we're going to have a launch party. We're going to play it up. Uh, it's going to be great. And really this is, I've been working on this book for a couple of years. And so I'm excited to get it out there and for people to, you know, see maybe, maybe they need to text, take a step forward in their faith and in their relationships with others and, and to let God use them like never before, like never before. Yeah. So Uh, coming up next time, uh, we're going to tackle chapter two which is actually called, titled Log Jam of Love.
0: Logjam of Love. What holds
1: us back from loving? So basically we're going to tackle that next time. So it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing the show with me yet again.
0: Hey, you're welcome. My pleasure.
1: All right. So I'll see you next time on Provoked, the Looking podcast. forward
0: to it.